Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Jonathan de Burke Butler joins us once again uh, to uh, bring some stories from other parts of the world. Jonathan, good sure, afternoon to you. So, is it, we're going to go to Croatia first. So, is it the case, Jonathan, that the entire Burundi uh, handball team are missing? Not all of them. Uh, yeah. There's only 10 of them who went. Uh, so, this is a specific group of players who played handball rep- and rep- were representing Burundi at the World Championship. I, be- I think it was either the World Championship for Armed Forces or the police or something like that. These were cadets, right? Mm. So 10 of them decided to disappear. Uh, they were due to play their first match of the tournament against Bahrain, uh, but they left the campus without permission of their technical staff and they were uh, spotted leaving in what, has been described as an unknown direction, presumably towards the border <laughs> with Hungary, <laughs> uh, uh, heading for Austria. And, and that has to be the assumption. I mean, um, all of these, uh, you know, the, the, the president of the Burundi Handball Federation said that they were in shock, uh, both as a, a federation and, the, you know, their parents were, were shocked as well. And they're asking everybody that they can to help find them. And, and he actually said, I don't know how we will return home without them. Now, presumably because the tournament ended on August the 13th and presumably his visa, along with the rest of his technical team and the three players that didn't go with the 10 others yeah. have in fact headed back to Burundi. But there's no sign of these players. And we have to assume that they have taken the opportunity to get into Europe and yeah. get yeah. a better life for themselves. Because let's be honest about it, Burundi is not a great place to live. Yes. Um, even when we used to cover it a lot, when good old Pierre in Carunziza mm. was around uh, and was banning people from going out jogging because he believed it was a kind of a, a cover for the opposition meeting each other. You know, things were really bad and things have not improved since then. Freedom House rates them 14 out of 100 when they issue their annual Freedom Index. So that's very low and it basically means not free. So not a good place to live. And, you know, all of these were fairly young, 17 and 18. Uh, I know in the statement that the president of the Handball Federation said that their families were concerned, but you have to assume that one or two of the families might have known exactly what was going on. Uh, perhaps. I, I, I imagine that the technical staff that with the team who travelled with them and managed to lose most of the team probably won't be won't have up. looked forward to going home. <laughs> they uh, won't actually, yeah. no. I wouldn't think they will. But uh, but no reports out of Burundi yet as to what's happened to them, but that's hardly unsurprising. We probably yeah. hear nothing about it again. Yeah. <laughs> You'd wonder about the three who decided to stay yeah, as well, indeed. what was going on there. But they may have had uh, personal reasons. Uh, right, uh, Canada, or it's like Canada stroke Italy, I suppose. This is a case of using pictures without people's consent, and mm. but in a fairly blatant way. Yeah, this is a, a case involving a, a gay couple called BJ Barone and Frankie Nelson, who are uh, based in Toronto. I think they're primary school teachers in Toronto. And back in 2014, they welcomed their son Milo or Milo, depending on what way you want to, to pronounce it, um, with the help of a surrogate, right? And there was a, they had hired a professional photographer to take a photo of the of the happy occasion. They posted it online and that went viral and it was, you know, it was it was it was fairly well received by mm. by, by most people. And it's it's quite an emotional photograph uh, showing them holding the baby and welcoming him into the world. Um, but later it was taken by the Fratelli d'Italia, which is the party of Giorgio Meloni. Uh, it translates as Brothers of Italy, okay, which also happens to be the national anthem, by the way. So oh, not an okay. awful lot of people are happy about that particular um, appropriation of the name for a political party. But anyway, it was taken by them. They posted the image with a, with a caption ba- basically saying he, 
referring to the child, will never be able to say mama. And uh, underneath it, it said the uh, rights uh, that we have to defend are those of the child or those of the baby. Right. And they used the image that had been used in 2014 by this gay couple. Okay. They obviously weren't happy about it. They let that be known. And an Italian um, law firm called Galex decided to take on the case. Seven years after taking on the case, a decision was made. The Italian judicial system is very slow. It took um, seven years, as I said. But So they decided to fine the Fratelli d'Italia 10,000 euros for each of the uh, injured parties. So 20,000 altogether. So, uh, yeah, that's what they've done. Uh, They've been issued with this fine for using the uh, image in in a manner that they said was offensive. Uh, The court said was offensive and uh, it'll go presumably to those two people, I imagine, in damages. Now, um, the Fratelli d'Italia are going to um, appeal this, of course, Ah, uh, because they kind of have to. There was no requirement from an apology from them. Oh, God, no, because that would be going back on one of their key policies, which is mm. fairly anti-LGBT stuff. Yeah. Like, so but they, I even apologise for we used a picture, we had no permission. Yeah, but they yeah. could on that basis. But I, I suppose rowing, that that would be seen as rowing back. So appealing yeah. is the best way to go really with it from their point of view. Now, this comes off the back of a decision in March where I think they run the city council in Milan um, they took a step to stop registering children of, of same-sex coupled parents in, in that particular city. And that's in line with their policy. So you can see that there's a yeah there's a thread there's there. A theme that, but this photograph has been used before by politicians. It's been used in Ireland, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was used in 2016 by Mary Fitzgibbons, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, for similar purposes. <laughs> for similar purposes, shall right. I say. Right, yeah. OK. Uh, right, Ethiopia, we're going to go to uh, next. And I suppose a, a, a reminder that wars and, and, and civil wars are raging all over the world and we uh, barely hear about them. Uh, this is a, a drone strike. Yeah, the the main part of this story is that 26 people have been killed in a drone strike in a town in the region of Amhara. Now, Amhara is in the north central of Ethiopia. And uh, we thought, to be honest with you, when it came to the end of last year that we had stopped talking about wars and strife in Ethiopia Mm. when the situation in Tigray finally stopped after two years. There was a civil war there between the federal government and 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 Tigray militias, basically. Uh, And we thought, as I said, that we weren't going to be talking about it again. But in fact, another one seems to be brewing here in the region that is just below Tigray, okay? And that's partly to do with the geography because when that initial, when that civil war happened over the course, up until last year, the militia called FANO, who are based in Amhara, were actually helping the federal government to fight the government, the local government of Tigray, okay? Now, when the peace deal was done back in November, the government said, okay, FANO, thank you very much for your help, but we need you now to disband your local militias and integrate into the federal government police or army. Mm. And the FANO basically said, okay, well, we don't really trust federal government because we have a bit of a long history of you not treating us very well and we'd prefer to hang on to our militias. The government said no. And then back in since April, they've been fighting over that and it seems now to be ramping up. Um, so this drone strike that killed 26 civilians is part of that um, is part of that situation that's ongoing in Ethiopia. And we could be set for a really strange situation where you may well have government, uh, sorry, the uh, troops representing the 
federal government mm. and the troops of Tigray now teaming up together to fight this militia in Amara. It could be okay. completely absurd. And who, who launched this, uh, this, who, this, these drones? This we don't know. And honestly, ah. I've checked five or six sources and, and I can't see for the life of me who actually launched the drones. Now, there's various different things coming out of organisations such as the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, who said that it received credible reports of shelling in this particular area and drone attacks in this sh- this particular area. The same commission has basically said that civilians are being attacked and being beaten uh, by both sides. And they're also saying that the government is arresting people in the capital, Addis Ababa, uh, who are of um, who have a who come from Amhara. Yeah. So they're sending out mixed reports about who's responsible for various different things. I suppose they're trying to keep it balanced. So we don't really know as of yet who's responsible for the shelling. Oh, right. Uh, right. China, uh, we're going to go to next and uh, the birth rate dropping. The birth rate is dropping in China and um, it's it's a problem for them. So demographers from the China Population and Development Research Centre said that uh, on Tuesday that last year's fertility rate fell to 1.09 from 1.15 in 2021. Now, just to give you context, that's the ex- what what that is is the total fertility rate, which is the expected children born per woman in childbearing years, right? That's how they do these rates. And if you take into consideration that Niger, which is in the news an awful lot, has a rate of 6.7, well, then China is way off, okay, and is not doing well. And if you, if, you, if you think about where they are as well, China is looking across the road at Japan. It's seeing its prob- the problems that it's had with its yes, imbalance yeah. in the older population and the problem that it's having with pensions and the like. And it's, it's trying to come up with policies to have... Uh, people in China, couples in China to have more children. Um, And it's gas because, you know, they've only abandoned the one-child policy back in 2016. And now they're scrambling to get that population going again. You know, they've lost apparently 800,000 people uh, or the population has fallen yeah. by 800,000 people uh, in the last year, I Because believe. that's not replacing itself. Yeah, because that's, it's not replacing yeah. itself. Yeah, so so it's a, it's a big problem for them and, and for policymakers. Uh, and yes, presumably for pensions. Well, I don't know, can you get the pension? This, is there a state pension in China? I assume, I assume there, must there be is. Some sort yes, of, absolutely. Uh, With its socialist leanings, I would hope there is. Yeah. yeah. And youth unemployment there is very high as well. It it's is. Not that, doing great. that was something that was um, spoken about recently quite a bit last week and the week before. It, it, it's so bad that the government has said that they're going to stop issuing figures around youth unemployment. Uh, mm. I think it's over just the last published figures were just over 23%. And the reason that's problematic, uh, and if you tie that in with the economy not going well, is because there's the old adage when things aren't going well at home, look elsewhere uh, for problems. And big countries like this always, when there's problems internally, they always make me nervous uh, because they're always looking for an excuse to make sure that they, you know, get the sense of nationalism going again within the country, Mm -hmm. as in wars. Yeah. (laughs) Is there, um, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but is there much support for women who, who decide to have children? Uh, or, or, you know, more than one child. I don't know, to be honest with you. They, they they have, in some provinces, they've offered marriage leave of up to 30 days for newlyweds. I think you do get some t- time off, but it, it, apparently women are putting off marriage and childbirth as the cost of living is just mm, going yeah, up. Yeah, that's and it's what the I same was across yeah. the world, like and, and yeah. with, with most developing or developed economies. Yeah. 
Right, uh, Philippines, we're going to go to you next, where it sounds like a culture war story. Uh, they're, uh, they're bringing, uh, or they're trying to press charges against drag queen. Yes, this is 33-year-old Pura Luca Vega, who is uh, very famous in the Philippines. She's been on TV and, and uh, in various different guises. She was originally named, uh, uh, they, sorry, were originally named Amadeus. Um, mm. So probably, you know, there was no other road that she was that they were going to go down. Uh, you'll yeah. have to excuse my pronoun use, Sean. That's okay. okay. My That's apologies. Okay. It can be confusing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So anyway, um, they, they performed as Jesus uh, at a concert. Okay. And uh, a recording was made uh, where they rocked out to the Our Father. Right. And a lot of people were particularly unhappy about that, as you can imagine. So at the end of July, the Philippines for Jesus movement, which <laughs> comprises of Protestant church leaders, registered the first criminal complaint with uh, the prosecutor's office. Right, And that was under Article 201 of the Penal Code, which penalises obscene publications, exhibitions and indecent shows. So they were offended by that. Okay. They might have got away with that yeah. if it hadn't been for the case that then the Catholics rode in. And given that 80% of the population of the Philippines are Catholic, that's when it really caught on. So a, a group called the Nazarene Brotherhood uh, also weighed in with, with a criminal complaint uh, against against Pura. And um, we'll see if the prosecutors decide to launch a case. It's it's not known for sure whether something will happen. Yeah, but the, that sounds like a, a general obscenity law rather than a specific blasphemy law. It is a general obscen- uh, obscenity law, I think. I'm not sure if there is a specific uh, blasphemy law in the Philippines, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I don't know if there is. Uh, yeah, and, and Pura, has Pura made any statement about this so far? Well, uh, they hadn't performed for a very long time. And uh, two days ago, uh, there was an appearance on stage. Uh, I, I believe they uh, covered a Taylor Swift song. Uh, didn't go for the Our Father thing again, yeah. probably, prob- <laughs> which was probably wise. And they said, I want to clarify that nobody is perfect and that we are all sinners. For other places that still want to declare me persona non grata, you may do so. I don't care about the separation of the church and state. That's all. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of vague, but uh, I suppose uh, we'll see how that uh, that pans out. There's been no, like they put in these uh, requests, there's no, been no official response. There's yet, been no obviously. official response, but but it should be said that officials in 12 towns across the Philippines have decided that they, uh, that, uh, that they are persona non grata so that they will not welcome Pura Luca Vega into their towns anymore. Now that's not legally binding mm, but it does mm. put pressure on places where they might have performed um, right. and okay. uh, that's not good uh, for, yeah. for, 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 for them. For them. Right. Okay. So what should we look out for over the next week? Or yeah. So, uh, tomorrow there's elections in Zimbabwe uh, as I'd flagged before and then on Saturday there's elections in Gabon and then the same day uh, you can celebrate your pooch it's International Dog Day Woof Jonathan DeBarca Butler thanks a million for that Moncrief weekdays at 2pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk